A healthy family has to start with you, mom. And it can be a whole lot easier for you to stay healthy when there's unity in your family. Special guest Katie Keene brings a beautiful perspective to what a unified family looks like, why it's important, and how it impacts your overall health. I talk all the time about how there's a lot fighting against you and being able to live healthy, but there is also so much fighting against you and your family for living in unity too. Listen in as we chat about learning what you can do today to foster stronger bonds within your home. Katie is the host of a top 1% globally rated podcast, Her Home and Heart, and host to a thriving community of beautiful families on the journey to peace at home and generational family success. Her mission is simple, to ensure that no family ever breaks apart or destroys their relationships because they simply didn't know how simple it is to create a solid, peaceful, joyful family foundation. She is most passionate about helping families create strong bonds and deep roots so parents don't wake up one day to regret and broken relationships, but rather find themselves living the life they dreamed of creating. I'm so excited to have you listen in on this conversation. Enjoy. Hey, sweet mama. Welcome to Healthy and Empowered Living. Do you want to consistently make your healthiest choices so you can finally get to a way to love? Do you find yourself up late at night searching recipes for healthier family meals or motivation to work out? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel frustrated that you can't follow through or guilty that it's taking away precious time from your kids again? Hey, I'm Lauren. I too was a mom who wanted to lose weight. I too worried that my health was taking up too much of my time and energy and wished that I could finally let go of the number on the scale and have a healthy relationship with food and exercise. I wanted confidence and freedom to love my body and food and have more energy for the things that really matter to me. But I kept telling myself that I'd never had the discipline to consistently make healthy choices and that I'd just keep falling off the wagon until I found a little secret that helped me get to and stay at a weight I love. In this podcast, you will find all the motivation and quick tips you need to live healthy consistently through mindful eating, fitness made simple, and mindset transformation so that you will live in true confidence at a weight you love and as the mama God created you to be. So pop in those earbuds, grab your healthy snack, and let's do this. Hey, Mama. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Empowered Living Podcast. I'm so excited to have my friend Katie on today. I'm just going to jump right in and let her tell you more about herself, her story, and how she helps women today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me today, Lauren. I'm really, really appreciating being here. So I am a mom of five. Um, uh, My husband is retired military. I was also a military kid, so I've lived all around the world. I absolutely love people. I just love God's beauty that he has put into people all around. Um, I have special needs kids and I homeschool. So over the years of moving and living a life filled with deployments and kids with challenges and (laughs) just all the different stressors, we realized we needed a framework for making sure our family survived. And especially as a special needs family, we saw that a lot of families, it was literally make it or break it. They either made it and they were this incredible team or they broke apart and that was it. And ultimately the child was the biggest victim and we didn't want to succumb to that. So over a lot of years, we ended up developing um, a couple of frameworks in our home that we absolutely love to talk to people about because it offers tools and skills uh, for families to just thrive and be united. That's awesome. Um, okay. Five kids. That's a lot of kids. How old are your kids? So they range in age all the way from one who turned 19 just this weekend down to one who is eight. Okay. Everywhere in between. (laughs) Awesome. 
So cool. So cool. Okay. So I'm excited to have you come on and talk about um, this idea of family government and unity. So can you just start off by telling us what exactly that means? Yes, absolutely. I'll just, maybe I'll give, uh, I'll give you some examples. Perfect. All right. Think about the third grader who decides that they don't like their mom and dad anymore. And they're going to talk back um, because their friends at school do that. Or you get up into the high school age and the teenager who doesn't want to see you anymore. Or mom and dad having that tense conversation when dad has decided there's going to be some sort of a punishment and mom doesn't agree and they can't really be unified in how they're parenting. And then they can't uphold the punishment that was put out because it was too extreme. And now mom and dad are going to pay for it. You know, you think of all these situations where you see family tension, family breakdown, and it's unfortunately really common. We see it in movies, we see it in our neighborhoods, we see it in our own families. And it doesn't have to be like that. Um, Generations ago, actually, families did function as a united whole, as a team. And with the Industrial Revolution, that began to break the family apart culturally in America, um, which really is unfortunate. They did it first by pulling out the dad. Then they ended up setting up um, schools, which were set up ultimately by socialists and in order to uh, support factories. I know that sounds very strange and out there, but actually, if you look at the history of it, it was to get kids off the street so that both parents could then work in the factory. And as we look at the historical timeline, we see families being pulled more and more apart till you get to today, where kids primarily spend most of their days away from home. Both parents often are away from home all day, and evenings and weekends are spent with extracurriculars and things that also keep the family, for the most part, away from each other. Um, Kids grow up, they move away, and they see their parents once or twice a year. That tends to be the norm. And then parents sit down and say, why did I just pour that last 20 years out? I don't really, I'm not sure. And that's not what most of us want. You know, when we hold that baby in our arms the first time, we just, or or even find out we're expecting, we just have this dream of this lifelong relationship that's tight, that's, you know, something that's nurturing and that we pour into this person who we then get to watch thrive as they grow and be successful, but, but be somebody that we're in relationship with. We never dream it'll break down. And yet, if you look at the divorce rate and you look at the statistics of kids who now die from drugs or suicide and other reasons, partially because they're not bonded to their family. And you look at the impact of a simple dinner at the table together, what simple two second eye contact twice a day can actually do to create family bonds. And we know for a fact that there are remedies to this societal problem and that our families don't have to be a victim. And so it's just a matter of having the tools, practicing using them, to actually create this culture of our family being united and being a team, whether or not they are out in public school or at home in homeschool. I feel that the tide is a lot easier if you're at homeschool because <laughs> you can customize your community much, much easier. And so there's a lot less mental health issue usually inside of that community, though. That's not exclusive. Wow, that is so interesting. I never thought about like the history of it. And just that I, I love to bring in like the idea that that society and like culture really is not helping this idea of kind of family bonding and family unity. Um, you know, I think we get caught up so often in the idea that we want to give our kids all of these opportunities to do all of the sports or the extracurriculars or whatever. And we're doing them a disservice by saying no and keeping them home. 
And it sounds to me like you're kind of speaking differently than that. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Our culture is so tied right now to the idea of independence. And I don't believe independence is bad. But when we get to these extremes, when we look at, oh, your kid is so independent that they don't even see you anymore, but they're out there making great money. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the idea of success. Mm-hmm. But is that really success when it comes to family or when it comes to how God designed the family? It's actually not God's design for the family was to be a team. I mean, truly, if you look back historically (laughs) into the Bible, way back into Genesis, you know, the first team was Adam and Eve. And then he said, multiply and them as a team were to go and fill the earth and make the rest of the earth like like the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when we have, you know, these sudden unexpected babies, for example, (laughs) I've heard it said, and I agree it's because God knew your team wasn't complete. You needed another player with new skills. (laughs) So funny. and so true. (laughs) It is so true. And each one of us brings something to the table that God designed for our unique family. And so to really be able to live in, you know, God's design and his intention, we have to really realize that our culture is against us. They are, it it is trying to break us apart and you see that everywhere in every other way. We just don't think about it as a family. We we do think about it with business. We know we need a mission. We need a vision. We need team unity. We need, you know, all these, what they even take them and send people out on like vacations to build, you know, (laughs) a united business team, but we don't even think about it for half a second when it comes to our family and our family is lifelong, not just a short career. Well, and I think about it too, even in the idea of like church unity, you know, that's a big thing that's being talked about right now as well. If you look into scripture and you look into the last prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, you know, the biggest thing that he talks about is I pray that that father, you would make them one as you and I are one. And like, that's a crazy amount of unity. And if that is what Jesus cares about, that is what the enemy is fighting against. And a lot of times our culture reflects more of what the enemy wants in this world than what God wants in this world. And so I think we as Christians, um, Christian moms can play a huge part in, in that unity. And I love, I love your message and just that it does, it starts at home. So tell us a little bit more, like, on a practical level, talk to us about like, what is the role as a mom? It's mostly moms listening to this right now. So as a mom, what is her role in, in building and creating this unity in her family? Sure. Well, we have to look at the model of biblical stewardship. Hmm. You know, ultimately our children, our spouse, our home, everything has been given to us in trust. God has given us this amazing responsibility and he trusts us to do with our skills that he has gifted us with the best that we can. And especially, and most importantly, to help teach our children about him. That is the primary responsibility of both parents. So it's not just mom. (laughs) And if you remember, he did put Adam and Eve together as a care and as a team. Now, single moms, I give them so much credit. I have so many friends who are single moms. So you, if a mom is listening and she's a single mom, just know, number one, I give you so much credit. Number two, you can do this. God will help you. Yes. But ultimately parenting is designed for two parents because of the level of exhaustion and responsibility and different types of leadership. And so, you know, 
if you have a, a marriage and a healthy marriage, that's really beneficial. But stewardship is the main thing. And so um, the way that we've managed that in our home with all the extra needs, the extra therapies, the extra moving, all the different pressures that we've had to help keep our family from breaking up was that we eventually designed and began to implement a family government in our home so that it got my husband and I on the same page. We knew ahead of time in times where there was no stress, no tension, (laughs) what he and I both felt were the most important pieces that would lead us to our vision for our family, what we believe God designed for our family to make as an impact in the world. And then from there actually set out literally a government where everyone is heard and is seen. They know that we are in charge, but they are very valuable. And our goal is to support them, to teach them, to disciple them, to help shape them and give them opportunities to serve the Lord with their whole heart inside of their giftings as well. And by doing this family government, because like I mentioned more than once, we have a lot of stress here. It's a safety net. It gives us the opportunity when I'm having a hormonal day, when I'm having a headache, when my husband and I aren't quite on the same page that day getting along per se, because you know, things happen. We're all people, right? But that we have a net to fall back into so that even if we're having one of those off days, we already know in the moment of frustration, what to do. There's no question about it. If the kids fail, if I fail, everyone can grieve with each other. Like, oh, we're so sorry you failed. It doesn't mean there's not a consequence because there is, yeah. but <laughs> we can have compassion for each other on this path, on this journey towards glorifying the Lord with our lives and with our family relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so good. And also like, sounds very hard to achieve. Mm, surprisingly simple, which is the nicest thing. Tell us more. <laughs> it almost m- makes your home life on autopilot once you get it set up. So the initial setup of it is really the time that takes the most rolling up your sleeves, putting on your thinking cap mm-hmm. and spending some time, time in prayer, time with your spouse and time with your kids. Mm-hmm. And then after it's designed, then it's got to be implemented. And we always make sure that any family we've walked through this knows no consequences for a while. We're just going to practice. This is going to be filled with grace and love because that's the goal. But then the kids will know at a defined time when things will completely go into action. And at that point, then it literally does run on autopilot. We post our family government in our most obvious space in the house. So various houses where you'd come in through the mudroom or come in through the front door, the garage, wherever we were the most, That's where the family government gets hung and we go back there and refer to it. We'll even have sometimes spot family meetings there, (laughs) although we prefer more planned, regular family meetings. Um, It's just really a a wonderful safety net for parents. It helps remove that fear that you're going to fail as a parent because you already set up how to parent well, even in a moment of, you know, crisis. (laughs) That's so good. I love kind of just having that. It's almost like a foundation to fall back on, like a, a, a strong foundation. And, you know, I love that you talked about like going to the Lord in prayer about like what this looks like for your family. Cause I imagine it looks different for every family, depending on, I mean, all the things starting with, you know, the number of kids, the size of your family, the ages of your kids, you know, where you live and, and the things that you you're responsible for, for day-to-day life. 
Absolutely. You know, it also can be tweaked by the ability levels of the kids or what each person's called to, because no family is going to have the same calling, even among its own members. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at a baseball team, they're a unified team, but each member has its own job. Each member is uniquely responsible for specific tasks and needs to fulfill those. And then if they fail, how does the team need to handle that? You know, if we really look at our family like a sports team, a good sports team, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can kind of help us see where we need to go and how we need to treat each other. Um, And then as we're designing that family government, you know, any successful team has a government, they have coaches, they have parents who are like coaches in a family. Mm -hmm. You have coaches who help support a team in an actual sports team. So it's very parallel. That's so good. I love it. So you kind of mentioned, you know, one of the things that having this family government set up allows you to do is, you know, have those days where you're off, you have a headache, you're hormonal, you have just things going on, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally that you're processing through and it doesn't cause a breakdown in your family. So tell us a little bit more, like how does having this strong family government and unity contribute to, you know, you being able to live as a healthier mom. Oh, it's so nice (laughs) because if you think about even just how our mental and emotional health impacts our physical health, when I am not feeling out of control, when I'm not feeling afraid, when I'm not feeling anxious that I'm failing as a mom, you know, when I know, look, it's a bad day and I have a system to fall back on. And, and I already know what we're all going to do as a family when we mess up. We know how our apologies go. We, we know about grace and forgiveness. Like you've got these things already baked in to this safety net. As a mom, it's this huge relief. You're already on the same page as your spouse. What? Like that alone is a huge deal. And you got there through a series of really, really pleasant dates or couch time or walks where you then recorded what you talk about, you know, through prayer together. I mean, that is a bonding time that oftentimes it does not exist because you just didn't know you needed it. Mm-hmm. Not because you're not a great couple or not good parents. It's that you just didn't know. No one teaches these tools and, and they need to be taught. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it's, it's so wonderful for mental health and it makes it easier to forgive yourself, and forgive the kids, um, to really foster these stronger bonds with the kids too, because then they feel safe to fail. Yeah, no, that's so true. So good. And I love how you brought up, like, sometimes you just don't like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like you don't know that being more unified as a couple is going to allow your family to function more smoothly. Like sometimes you just, you don't know that because you haven't had it exemplified for you at some point in your life, or you haven't, you know, seen it lived out well or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that to bring it back to what you said at the beginning, like it's about stewardship. That's one of the ways that I define stewardship is using what you know and what you can and doing the most with it, right? Like you only know what you know. And so for, for, for those of you who are who are listening, like if if this more unified family is something that is resonating with you, like it starts within you and taking care of of your mental health, your emotional health, and then that connection with your husband and everything else can kind of flow from there. And so, kind of, I I imagine taking it one step at a time Baby is steps. kind of the way to go. Yeah has to be baby steps. I, my husband and I laugh often that parenting is one of the best personal development journeys ever. Although I will say entrepreneurship pretty much has that number too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really intense, but um, you know, as you get to do exactly what you said, you first get 
you know, inside of yourself, you get to a place where you are understanding how you're doing. What is that emotion you're feeling when you're yelling at your kids? Are you really actually angry or are you really terrified that you're messing them up? You know, what is that? You get to know yourself and you get on that same page with your spouse where you kind of understand when they're freaking out. Like it really helps to understand their intent. That is another key. Let me just point that out. Let me pause really quick. Always assuming good intent Mm -hmm. inside of your family. It is so easy. We are always taught kids are bad. Mm -hmm. Kids do these terrible things because they're naughty little, whatever, you know, you hear that all the time. You see it out in public. I see it all the time. Parents shredding their kids. Give your family and yourself benefit of the doubt. Assume a positive intent until proven otherwise, please. That takes off so much pressure. So if you automatically assume when your husband's grouchy and you're trying to have a conversation with him and you're trying to do this family government thing, right? Make the first baby step toward getting it set up and he's just not having it. Assume his intent is good and you can just wait till later and it's Mm going to be okay. Something is bugging him. It's so much more peaceful than he's a jerk and he doesn't love me and he's not listening and all these awful things that we see modeled in the movies and, you know, all these places we go. So intent is really important, but yeah, yeah. baby steps, little baby steps Mm -hmm. very slowly make a huge difference because then you can implement real change. Yeah. That's so good. So it it kind of sounds to me like, as you're talking about this, like there's a couple different themes that are, that are standing out that I kind of want to summarize as we get ready to wrap up. Um, you know, one of them is this idea that, you know, a unified family, it, um, one of the reasons it's extremely important is because it's biblical and foundational in the way that we are able to parent, you know, as parents, we're called to disciple our children. Um, and that takes time. And developing this unity and this family government, it takes time. And we talked about how culturally and in society, you know, we are so stretched thin. We feel pulled in all these different directions. Like we don't, we want to be able to say yes to everything and do all of the things and have all of these experiences. And we want these things for our kids that we had growing up. And how do you really overcome that mindset of like, I don't have enough time for this, or is this really worth it? I guess is the other question that's coming to mind. Sure. Um, For me, my life looks radically different than my childhood, than my husband's childhood, than our neighbors down the street, especially having found the disabled son. And so God has stepped me through a lot of that. I've had to literally grieve that I cannot give my children the childhood that I wanted to give them or that I had. But yet I have had to be able to pause and slow down and really focus on the fact that he's in charge. I'm just a steward and I am doing the best I can and I am doing it for him. And so because it is different than what I expected and it is, it is good. It is good. It, I mean, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all on the days my son's having a medical crisis, but I believe with my whole heart, God is in charge and he is allowing all these things into our life while we're serving him, while we're honoring him that are shaping our other children and that are shaping us the way that he designed for us to be shaped. And so surrendering all that other busyness and really getting down on your knees and saying, Lord, what is the one thing you have for our family in this season? What is the one main focus? And then how do I break that down into smaller little goals so that we can achieve that? That is really big. And then let go of the rest, surrender it, grieve it, 
talk to your spouse about it, get a counselor. If you need to, I have found that to be extremely helpful over the years, you know, and get yourself into that place where mentally and emotionally, you are not triggered by what you can't do or the things you see that you wish you could do and that you're content. One of our, one of our most famous homeschooling teachers from 1800s, her name was Charlotte Mason. She was an exquisite teacher. The results that her students got were far ahead of her time. I mean, her understanding of child development and neurodevelopment were brilliant. And one of the things she would teach the parents as she began teaching her method was learn to be content with what you are doing. Learn to know that what you are doing is enough and let the rest go. And that was one of the ways she got such good results with her students. So I'm not sure if I answered your question clearly, but... (laughs) No, that was great. I mean, I think there is someone listening who needed to hear all of that. So I really appreciate you sharing. And, and I think, yeah, that idea of, of seeking the Lord and asking, you know, what is, what is what he wants you to focus on right now? What, what is that one thing? And I mean, that could be you as a mom, that could be you guys as a family, but seeking him first and, and leaning into where he is leading you is really the only success that you need, right? Absolutely. Well, his is always better than ours. It's always going to be more filling, more peaceful, more restful, richer than we could ever. I mean, he even says that, you know, more than we could ask or imagine that he will give. And so when we learn to trust and just have that mustard seed of faith that he really does mean that, (laughs) and it might be that the result we don't necessarily see here. I may never see complete healing of my son here on this earth. And everything medical would tell you that everything medical, maybe God will choose to do a miracle and I'll see him healed and hear him talk. And maybe I'd love that. That would be amazing. But what I do know and what I cling to is the fact that God knows he is with me and he has a plan that is better than I can even conceive of. And it involves walking through this season and this challenge and these hardships and this grief. And so in that, when I have that faith that says he knows he's catching my tears in a bottle, you know, that's in Proverbs. And I think it's Proverbs, maybe it's Psalms either way. It's just so comforting to know that he's not abandoned us. And if it doesn't feel like our idea of a dream, we need to let that go because he has a bigger, better one. And we just need to you know, just says, I, I know the plans I have for you plans for a hope and a future. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's an earthly future. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it could be eternal. Yeah. Well, and I love that that verse goes on to say, like, you get those things when you seek him with your whole heart too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. and, and yes. as you're seeking God, yeah. As you're seeking God, I mean, your heart changes to, to the mm-hmm. things that he wants it to change to. hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. So cool. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. Where can listeners connect with you if they want to hear more about you or what you do? Absolutely. Well, the best place right now is actually my link tree. (laughs) So if you go to Linktree slash family success, you will find me. I also have my own podcast, which is called Her Home and Heart. However, that will in the future probably be getting rebranded, which is why it's a great place to find me. Go subscribe while it's called her home and heart, but it might get changed. (laughs) However, the link tree will not get changed. It will have a link to the podcast, um, which is where I usually am mainly hanging out and anything else I'm doing, I'm always announcing over there. 
That's awesome. I will include all of the links to that in the show notes. Thanks again, Katie, for coming on and sharing all of your experience and wisdom. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Healthy and Empowered Living Podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you're loving what you hear, would you share this podcast with a friend? Also, it would make my day to hear from you. Will you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts, rate the show, and write a short review? That helps me to know what you want to hear more of and helps more women find the show, learn, and be encouraged too. Lastly, if you're not already a part of the Joyful Health for Christian Moms Facebook community, we'd love to have you. We aren't meant to do this thing alone, so come find the support you need as you're living healthy and empowered.